Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome to the Having It All podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I'm helping you get out of your head so that you can truly have it all. Let's do it. What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast today. I am super pumped that you are here, and we're going to have a truly fantastic conversation talking about all these different ways that you can create your abundant, loving life and walk around with your chin up and your chest out, knowing that you have it all because you feel it in your bones. And that's what we are playing for here, to have it all, that abundant, loving life. So if this is your first time on the podcast, then thank you. Thank you. I'm so, so grateful that you took a moment and really took a risk by hitting play because, you know, you really didn't know what you were getting into on this episode. So I'm just grateful for you for for checking this out and hanging out with us. And if you are a returning listener, then I got so much gratitude to you as well for keeping this conversation flowing, keeping the energy moving, keeping this movement of folks who truly believe you can have it all. You're such a big part of that. So thank you. Thank you so much. We got a great episode today. This is going to be a really cool conversation because I'm going to be digging into one of the tools that I use. This is actually one of the very first personal development tools that I picked up and really gained mastery on. And so I'm going to teach you about this tool and we're going to go deep and I'm going to give you some very, very specific ways in which you can utilize this tool in your life. So today's episode is very practical and it will have an impact on your day-to-day feelings of balance, your feelings of health, fitness, and overall happiness. So I'm very excited to be delivering to you this conversation today. Uh, I wanted to throw out there, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, that would be a super cool thing to do, and that would be a way of you just paying forward all the value you get from this show. So if you're in a safe place to do so, you're like, you're not driving or anything, if you could subscribe, that'd be awesome. Subscribe in whatever podcast player you use, if it's Apple Podcast or Google or Spotify, whatever it is, that'll be fantastic. Anytime that you subscribe, it lets you know Apple or Google know that this is a podcast worth checking out. And so Apple and Google will do it, they'll do their things behind the scenes so that more folks can stumble upon having it all. So if you haven't subscribed yet, that'll be an awesome, awesome thing to do. All right. Um, I'm gonna go a little bit, uh, I'm gonna change up a few things in this intro today. Um, and 
I didn't really know how I wanted to talk about this, but um, you know, from from Magic, I want to speak on something that really, really had a has had a tremendous impact on me um, in a way that I wasn't really expecting. And so you could probably tell by my tone that I'm I'm sort of uh, s- turning it down a little bit in a little more somber mode. Um, I'm sure you've heard over the weekend, Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi Bryant they they passed away in a helicopter accident and <clears throat> i am i was not prepared for how much of an impact that had on me you know i grew up in southern california lakers were my number one team kobe bryant was my favorite basketball player and so hearing the news um from that perspective was was very sad you know what i mean like Man, he was a dude that that I I really looked up to and idolized as a kid, um, as an athlete, as a basketball player myself. He was just he was the one that my generation um, really, really connected with. You know, I think folks a little bit older than me really connected with Michael Jordan as an athlete and and basketball player. But for for me at least, it was Kobe Bryant. So now it was very sad to hear that um, you know he had passed and in just such a tragic and sudden way. Um, but I've shed a lot of tears in the past day, um, even today as I'm recording this and I, and I, I realize now and I'm, I'm understanding that it, you know, it wasn't the necessarily that aspect that I was really sad about, but, you know, Kobe Bryant was a father and he was a father of girls and that hit me. You know, he had four daughters, and and one of them was with him on that helicopter. And uh, that news, it really hit on my biggest fears as a father and as a husband. Like, and I wasn't prepared for that, and I'm I'm still I'm still processing it. Um, but it, it hit on my biggest fears as a father and a husband. And as a father, you know, your biggest fear is losing your child. Is is you having to go the rest of your life always wondering, you know, what this person, who they would have become and, and how bright their light would have shined. You know, that's just one of my biggest fears as a father. Um and it, my another huge fear as a father is, you know, is me dying and and my kids growing up without me in their lives. And so the pain that I feel if I imagine Maya growing up without me as her father in her life. And as a husband, the big fear that this tragedy really hit on was, you know, losing my wife, losing Sarah. I just couldn't imagine what that would what that would be like. And that's just one of my worst nightmares. And then on the flip side of that is my wife having to go on without me. You know, if I were to die, she would have to go on without me. And so this whole thing with, with Kobe and Gigi Bryant just hit on those so hard. So hard. You know, and uh what what has brought me to tears anytime that story comes up is when they talk about his daughter Gigi who passed 
and the sisters, the other girls that left behind, and his wife, Vanessa, and uh, it just, it brought up so much, it brought up all those fears, and just, yeah, so, I, I knew I wanted to talk about it in some way, I didn't really know how, and I'll be honest, I felt kind of foolish for getting emotional about this, you know, I, I never, I didn't know him, I didn't know his family, I didn't know any of them, and so there was a part of me that felt really foolish and, and embarrassed, um, crying about it and feeling sad, and, and yesterday, I even, you know, with Sarah, I was just funky yesterday, and I'd been going through a cold and everything, I thought maybe it was my cold, but I realized it wasn't, and I said, Sarah, can I, can I share something with you, and I just shared that, like, you know, the whole thing had hit me in a deeper way. And, um, I, you know, one of the things that I connected with is Kobe Bryant talked about loving being a father of girls. And I love being a father of a little girl. And so as a parent and as a husband, my heart just aches for, for the family, you know, and for the family of the families of the other people on that helicopter, my heart just breaks for them. And then in a bigger sense, for anybody who lost and his loved one or is going through that right now, you know, my heart aches for them because, you know, they're not experiencing the, the, the outpouring of love that the Bryant family is, which is beautiful, you know. But there are so many families out there right now, so many individuals who are hurting, who are deeply, deeply hurting, and who aren't receiving that same sort of outpouring and you know, the loved ones who they've lost aren't being uh, memorialized and, and remembered in the same way. So I just really want to take a moment to just to just talk about that, to just, you know, honor, honor all of that. And I know for myself, it has made me look at the time I spend with my loved ones, with Sarah and Maya and other people in my life that I love. It makes me want to ensure that I make the most out of every day. And I know that's so cliche and we say that tough all the time. But in 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 moments like this, it's just we're reminded that you never know. You never ever know what's going to happen. You never know. And so for me personally, what I reflect on are those moments when I'm just not giving what I have to give to Sarah and Maya. And I'm not saying that I need to be perfect. I'm not saying that every moment I need to give 10 out of 10. But I know for me, for example, there's times where, you know, Maya is is coloring and she would love for me to be with her, but I'm over on my phone flipping through, you know, my newsfeed or something. Or there's moments when, or days, when I'm just not being as kind as I could be to Sarah because something that I'm bothered with or something that I'm judging or something that, you know, I'm allowing to trigger me and I'm just not willing to use, you know, my coping mechanisms or my tools or my support system. And, and so I take it out on her or, you know, I give her like a half-assed kiss as opposed to a full deep kiss or I give her a little weak hug instead of a full embrace and it just it just has me reflecting on those moments and you know it makes me want to make sure 
that I am pouring myself as fully as I can into those moments that I spend with Sarah and Maya and anybody else who I love with all my heart because we are just not promised tomorrow. We, we, we really aren't. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so I'm not making any sort of pledge or commitment or anything like that um, to you all or anything. I, you know, I'm, there's a, I, I feel shift happening in my heart and that's, you know, I just want my actions to back it up. So my goal is that Sarah and Maya feel that I've increased the amount of love I pour on them. I increase how present I am with them. I increase how attentive I am, and that's really what I'm playing for, and you know that's what I would love to take away from from you know what went down over the weekend, and so I really just want to share that with you all. You all are are very near and dear to me, and you know me sharing how I feel might create an opportunity for you all to process something that you're going through. You know, maybe there's something that has impacted you, and maybe like me, you felt foolish, like you couldn't really express that emotion or. He felt embarrassed or shameful or whatever, you know, and, and so I'm sharing that with you just so that you can hear what I, what I've gone through and potentially you can connect and that we can come out of the other end, you know, better people, really more loving, more caring, more abundant, more peaceful, more joyful, more supportive of ourselves, of ourselves and of others. So, ah. Uh, that's really what I wanted to say about that. And so my magic really is just is gratitude, right? It's just magic and gratitude all rolled into all these amazing people that I have in my life. The amazing relationships that I've cultivated. You know, people who are part of my ITP, my inner circle. People who are, are ones that I share my heart with in the most intimate ways. And people who are friends of on all areas, like all levels or, or, or you know, parts of the spectrum, right? Because we have folks who are friends that we see in the grocery store. We say, what's up to them? You know, and like, I'm just grateful for all of them, all the different relationships, anybody who pours into me. I'm so grateful to you. I'm so grateful to you because you pour into me and you love on me. And I want to continue loving on you and being, you know, fully present with you and giving you as much as I, I have to give in each moment. So that's what I'm playing for. And, uh, yeah, love you all. All right. Now I want to shift gears. I want to kick the energy back up in this place. And, uh, you know, today's listener love. Excuse me. Let me just compose myself. Sorry about that. Okay, now I'm ready. So today's listener love, it rolls right into the topic of today's episode because it's so beautiful how how the universe works, you know, it's like I'm thinking of one thing, I'm feeling inspired in one way, and then boom, I receive a message from one of you all to talk about something that is in total, total alignment with where we're going today. So let me get this message. I'm actually going to read it. 
This message comes from Katie, and Katie hit me up on Instagram, and she said, Good morning, Matt. I love that you've talked about the five wheels, but some of them I have no idea where to start out at. Could you possibly make an episode talking about where to start with these or give ideas? Thanks for being awesome. You've been helping me transform my life. So Katie, thank you so much for shooting me this message. You and I have been in a, uh, an Instagram conversation thread that's gone back months and months and months. So I really appreciate that. And this episode is inspired by your message to me because we're going to dig into the tool that I talked about at the top of the episode, which is the body vehicle. And what Katie has been, what, what she referenced is that, you know, I've talked about the body vehicle a lot over the course of the 200 plus episodes of this podcast. And so today I'm going to dig deeper and I'm going to really get into how you can use this tool in a more effective way. So I'm going to walk you guys through some very specific things and ways you can use the tool. And really to kind of set this up, I want to give context around the idea of tools. And I want to talk about what I mean by tools because I've been reflecting on this a lot. I did a workshop last week or two weeks ago. Um, you've, you've heard the episode on the podcast where we were live at the workshop. And in the workshop, I was helping those in attendance to really create and sharpen an awesome tool for their toolbox. And that tool was their word for the year. And in this workshop, I really, really talked about how it is so much more important that you gain proficiency, that you really get good at using one tool, two tools, rather than have a whole big toolbox full of stuff that you aren't really repped in. And so this idea has been on my mind. Like instead of giving people a dozen different things, I want to give you guys one thing and really, really help you to hone how you can use that one thing. Because it's so easy just to pick up these different tools, pick up these different things that help us to grow, to better ourselves, to heal, to transform our lives, to build new habits, right? And there's a lot of different quote-unquote tools that can help us do that. And so whenever you look at a blog article or you listen to a podcast or you read a new personal development book, they're going to be chock full of tools, chock full of all these different things that you can use. And so we are inundated with all these different tools. And so what happens is we have this toolbox. And as you listen to a podcast, you think, oh, wow, you know what? I kind of like that. You grab a tool and you put it in your toolbox. As you read a book, you're like, oh, you know, I kind of dig that. I like this exercise I did. You grab the tool and you put it in your toolbox. And before you know, you've got this toolbox that's so full of stuff. And you look in there and you realize, oh, wow, I remember when I was excited about having a gratitude journal. And so I put it in my toolbox and I did it for a day and then I stopped. And now it's just a rusty old tool at the bottom of my toolbox. I was excited about meditation. And so I went and jumped on the Headspace app and I did it for 10 days in a row. And then I stopped. And now it's just a rusty old tool at the bottom of my toolbox. Like that's what happens. We get excited about something because it's real easy for me to tell you, hey, if you use this, you're going to experience more health and more joy. And then you can see yourself, you know, a year down the road feeling more healthy and more joyful. So you think, oh, great. And you grab the tool and you put it in your toolbox and you never look at it again. We do that all the time. And so what I've found in my own personal life and in the lives of folks that I work with on a one-on-one -on -one basis is that 
you get so much further when you really, really get good at a few number of tools rather than just being okay with a bunch of tools, right? And so as you hear me talk about tools, just, just know there are a lot of different things. A tool could be a mindset shift. A tool could be an action that you're actually doing. A tool could be a literal, you know, an app on your phone, like a literal physical tool, right? There's a lot of different things that can help you to get further along. And that's all that a tool really is doing, helping you to get further along. So one that I picked up really early on in my journey, my, 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 my personal development journey, when I really started to work on myself, one of the tools that, that really resonated that I picked up was the body vehicle. And so if this is your first time listening, I'm going to explain body vehicle real quick. For those who've heard it before, this will be a great refresher. I want you to imagine a car. And a car has five wheels on it. It's got a steering wheel. It's got the two wheels in the front. We call them tires. And it's got the two wheels in the back, right? So there's five wheels on your body vehicle. The front, or excuse me, the, the steering wheel, that's mental, all right? That's your mental wheel. Your front two tires, spiritual and social wheels. Your back two tires are physical and emotional wheels. Your body vehicle and the five wheels comprise your overall health. And so when you're talking about your body vehicle, we're talking about your health. And so right here, you might be having an insight that health is much more than simply physical health. We've got physical health, yes, but also emotional, spiritual, mental, and social. And so when you're looking at your overall health and wellness, it's important to look at all five wheels of your body vehicle. Now, any one of those wheels can be overinflated. Again, now think of them as tires, right? Any one of those tires in your body vehicle, you could put too much air in it. You could put too much time in any one of those tires and overinflate it. Or on the flip side, any one of those tires can be underinflated, meaning you're, give, you're not giving it enough attention. So when you give one of those wheels on your body vehicle, one of those tires in your body vehicle, too much attention and too much focus, it gets overinflated. And when you don't give it enough attention or focus, it gets underinflated. All right? So now, imagine again you're in a car. This time I want you to imagine you're in your actual car. What happens when one of your tires is overinflated? So imagine the front left tire on your car has twice the amount of air in it. The tire hasn't burst. It's just overinflated. When you're driving that car, what happens? You feel it rocking. When you start to pick up speed, you feel it shaking. Right? And so what happens is your ride is no longer smooth. Your ride is not smooth. Your ride is not enjoyable because now you've got the, the, the rocking back and forth and the bumping and the shaking that happens with an overinflated tire. So it impacts the experience of your ride. Now, you're back in your car. Imagine one of your tires is dramatically underinflated. So that means it doesn't have enough air. Almost down to nothing. What happens when you hit the accelerator? 
once again, your car is bouncing around. It's jostling. It's not smooth. It's rocky. It's bumpy. Your experience is no longer smooth. Your experience is no longer peaceful. In both of those scenarios, overinflated and underinflated, you also are not able to get up to top speed. You just won't. The physics of the car now are going to make it so that if you have a tire that's way overinflated, something is going to happen if you really try to hit top speed. Same if it's way underinflated. So you're never going to be able to hit that peak performance. So now think of that in terms of ourselves. When one of those five areas on our body vehicle is underutilized or we're not putting enough focus and attention into it, your experience of life is no longer smooth. It's rough. It's bumpy. It's uncomfortable. Similarly, if you're putting too much energy into one area, too much focus, because a lot of times if we put so much focus in one area, it means we're going to neglect another area. Again, your experience of life is rocky. It's bumpy. And in real terms, that can relate to stress. That can relate to overwhelm. That can, that can be burnout. So when we aren't looking at our body vehicle and making sure that all five wheels are being addressed, the result is stress in our lives, feeling overwhelmed, feeling burnt out. The result is we're never going to hit peak performance, meaning we're never going to be able to really deliver as much as you possibly can in life. It impacts your overall beingness. It impacts your overall experience. So this was a concept that I heard, you know, seven, eight years ago. And when I heard that, I connected with it so immediately. It was so powerful to me. Because for me, I really understood that, you know, in my experience of life, my health is not just my physical body because I've been an athlete my whole life. To care of myself physically, go to the gym, I run, I eat well, I watch what I drink, I watch all those things. But you know what? I've had very rocky experiences of life. Because for many, many years, my emotional wheel was not being addressed. My spiritual wheel was not being addressed. I was great physically. My social wheel was, was pumped up. My mental wheel was pumped up. My other two, nah, not being addressed. And when I sit down one-on-one with the client and we go through this process and we look at it, I guarantee every time at least one of those wheels isn't addressed. And you know what? Sometimes what happens, some people don't even have a wheel on the car in a certain area. Like some folks may just be so traumatized or scared socially that they don't have any social wheel. And that means you're going through life and you're just grinding. It's sparking. There's spark and there's smoke and there's flames, right? And so this tool, this concept of the body vehicle is incredibly powerful when you look at your overall well-being. And so that's what I've talked about a number of times in the past on the show. And so today, I'm going to really help you sharpen this tool. I'm going to really help you so that when you look at your toolbox, you're going to be able to, to pull this out at any time. And this, this, this idea of the body vehicle is going to resonate. And you're going to know how to address each one of your five wheels. Because right now, you're either riding with wheels that are overinflated or underinflated, or not there at all. But where we're going to get you 
is a place where your ride is smooth. Your ride is smooth. It's like when you go to the gas station to that free air pump and you get your little tire gauge out and you check the tire pressure on all four tires and you fill it up and then you get your alignment so your steering wheel is all nice and right and boom, now your ride is smooth. That can be you. That can be your experience of life. And this episode right now, this conversation is going to help you with that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through each of the five areas and I'm going to address two things. I'm going to address the health of that area and the fitness of that area. And those are different things, health and fitness. So I'm going to talk about how you can heal that area, right? Heal is the first four letters of health. So I'm going to talk to you about how you can work on healing that area if it's been dramatically underutilized or if it's just an area in your life that healing needs to take place. We're going to address that. And then I'm going to talk to you about how you can become more fit in that area. So it's kind of like if zero is sort of like baseline, healing will take you from a negative number to a zero and fitness will take you from a zero to a positive number, right? So I'm going to talk about different habits, different things you can do for the health and the fitness of each wheel in your body vehicle. So different habits so that you can heal those areas of your body vehicle and then you can turn up the dial and take them to the next level because that's ultimately what, what, what we want, right? We want to heal those areas, get back to that place where we're feeling you know, powerful in ourselves and then, all right, now let's dial it up. Let's take it to the next level. And so at the end of this episode, I'm, al- I'm also going to share with you an opportunity for you to really put some reps in your body vehicle. And I'm extending this opportunity to everybody on the podcast. So I'm sending it right to you and I'm going to share it with you at the very end. All right. So let me get a sip of water and then let's dig into your body vehicle. Okay. So the first one we're going to talk about is physical. So your physical wheel. Now, this is what you think it is, right? When it comes to your physical health, the health of, of your body. I'm talking about your, your actual body now, your legs, your arms, you know, all that stuff. So this is the health of your body is represented in the physical wheel. And so with your physical health, you know, that encompasses the movement that you're doing, exercise you're getting, the things you're putting into your body, food-wise, the things that you're drinking. And also, we'll talk a little bit about some of the energy that you're around, right? Those environments you're around. So that means energy where conversations and people are always pulling you down, right? More pessimistic, disempowering versus the energy and environments that are lifting you up. All of that stuff is represented in the physical wheel. So some ways that you can work on healing your physical wheel. Here's just some ideas, right? So the first is look at the foods you're eating. A lot of healing can happen in your body by looking at your food, right? Food is fuel. You already know that the things that you put in your body, that's what fuels you throughout the day. So if you're putting things in your body that are unhealthy, low energy, stuff that, it, that you know is not lifting you up, is not serving you, well, guess what? Start reducing that. And that's how you can start some healing. Also, look at some of those habits you might have picked up that you know are unhealthy, like smoking. Right? If you're a heavy smoker, guess what? Healing happens as you reduce and ultimately eliminate that. If you're a heavy drinker, same thing. Healing happens as you reduce your drinking and ultimately get down to eliminating. 
right? So that's what you want to look at for the healing of your body. I also want you to address some of the thought patterns that are leading to you not being able to heal in your body. Consciousness creates. It's one of the principles that I talk about. Consciousness creates. So the stuff that goes on in your mind ends up manifesting in your body. So that means one way to heal in the physical wheel is for you to change up your thought patterns. So if you've got thoughts that are like, I'm always going to be sick. I'm always going to be fat. I'm always going to be unhealthy. I'm always going to be broken. I'm always going to be injured. I'm always going to be this. Like, I'm just giving you examples of some of your thoughts, right? I'm not being politically correct. I'm talking about some of the thoughts that might be coming up. If that's what's coming up for you, guess what? Those are creating the space for you to live right into it. That's just what happens. So healing in the physical wheel looks like shifting up those thought patterns. All right, so now getting fit in your physical wheel. What does that look like? Well, first of all, some exercise. Let's increase the amount of physical exercise you got going on. Some basic, basic things you could be doing. Anybody can be doing them. Body weight squats. Doing some air squats. Doing some push-ups. Whether it's on your knees or on your toes, push-ups. Doing a plank hold. Right? 30 seconds. Maybe it's 20 seconds. Work your way up to one minute, two minutes. So getting some physical exercise in, that's a way for you to improve the fitness of your body vehicle. Let's also look at some of the things that, that happen right when you wake up. So one of the great habits you can do for your, your physical wheel is as soon as you wake up, drink some water. Drink some water as soon as you wake up. Eight ounces of water, 12 ounces of water, 16. For me, I do 16 ounces as soon as I get up. That's a lot of water. You know, I end up chugging water for you know 20 seconds, but... It's just a great way because I've been dehydrated for those, you know, six, seven hours I've been sleeping and boom, now I can get some water in my system. First thing I wake up. Some other ways to improve the fitness of your body, of your physical wheel is stretching. Stretch your body. Open your body up. You know, there's five areas that I always work on for myself. My shoulders, my lower back, my glutes my hamstrings, and my groin. I stretch each one of those areas almost daily. And I just sit in those stretches because, boy, the discomfort comes up. But you know what's fascinating? As you start to open up in your body, it's really interesting how you start to open up in your mind and your beliefs and your thoughts as well. I don't understand it all the time, but I know it's connected. I've seen it, experienced it myself. Some other physical fitness habits that you can pick up. Cardio. Get outside. Go, for, go move your body. Go walk for a mile. Jog for a mile. Go for a run. I do a four-mile run every week. It's one of the many runs that I do, and I built up to it. You know what I mean? Like You, gotta, you might have to build, build up to these things. So it might look like you walking from your mailbox to your neighbor's mailbox and back and doing that once and then doing that twice and then going up more and more and more. No matter who you are, you can get some sort of physical movement in. Because once you stop moving physically, you're really going to start declining. It's not personal. It's just how it happens. When you stop running, you eventually walk. When you stop walking, you eventually sit. When you stop sitting, you eventually lay down. When you're done laying down, you check out of the earth. That's just how it works. So getting some cardio in, whatever level works for you. 
Try some hit runs. Those are always fun. That's like a new thing that people are into the past several years. High intensity interval training. It might look like running for a quarter mile, then walking for a quarter mile. Running for a quarter mile, walking for a quarter mile. Mix it up. You can also do things like yoga. Yoga is fantastic. Go online. Yoga with Adrian. She is my top online yogi. I always recommend people go check her out. Yoga with Adrian. Free yoga videos. There's no excuse for you not to be able to do yoga. You don't need a yoga mat. You don't need a mat at all. You can do it on carpet. You can do it on hardwood floor, whatever it is. Just get that movement in. So these are ways that you can heal and increase the fitness of your physical wheel. So let's move on. Let's go to your mental wheel. Now, a mental wheel, that's, that's, your, that's, that's, that's your intelligence. You know, that's when you're flexing those mental muscles. That's, those are the things like reading books and studying. And, you know, a lot of people, what happens is they get very, very strong mentally. If you're a professional, you know, maybe you had to go and get advanced degrees. Or maybe you got a ton of, you know, master's degrees. Or maybe you just have many, many years of experience in your field. And what's happened is you've grown this very strong mental muscle and this very big mental wheel. And what happens is when we're very, very mental, it becomes real easy to justify why the other wheels aren't as important. That's what's just what happens. I see it all the time. But the reality is, go back to the car analogy. It doesn't matter how much you justify whether or not having two inflated tires on the back of your car matter. Point is, it matters and you'll feel it. It'll always show up in your experience of life. Whether that's de degradation in your relationships, whether that's degradation in your health, no matter what it is, if you aren't addressing all those areas, it's going to show up. So if you are mentally overinflated, you got to be extra, extra on top of this self-talk that is going to rationalize and justify why you don't need to be doing something. So healing in the mental wheel, it can look like taking a break from social media, taking a break from TV, taking a break from talk radio, taking a break from gossip circles that you participate in. All that stuff creates a lot of mental chaos. So taking a break from those things allow you to heal. One of the ways that you can help with that healing is through meditation. Before I did this episode, I sat outside in my backyard. It's January, but it's a beautiful day here in Atlanta. And I just listened to the birds. 15 minutes. I set my timer. I just sat. I just listened to the birds. Anytime I, my thoughts start to drift to this episode or what I was going to do after or what I got going on later on tonight, I just focus back on the sound of the birds. Right? That helps to cut through some of that mental stuff and helps to promote the mental healing. Also, with mental healing, overworking. Right? If you're super, super uh, 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 intellectual and that's kind of how you've built your livelihood, your job, your career, chances are you overwork. That's just what we want to do. We believe that we got to do it. A lot, of, a lot of times we find it hard to delegate to others because no one's as smart as us. No one's as competent as us. No one's as capable as we are. So we take on more and more and more. We trust others less and we overwork ourselves. Guess what? As soon as that overwork is happening, which one of those other wheels do you think is being impacted? Physical, yeah. Emotional, yeah. So one way to heal in the mental wheel is to cut back on your overworking. Reduce the amount of hours you're spent fully engaged in your work. Set some boundaries. 
set some boundaries and hold them. Right? Set some standards. I remember a guy I worked with at a startup company. We would, all of us were putting in 12 plus hour days. And this dude was leaving every day by five o'clock. And I used to think, what the heck, man? Like, we're busting our asses here. Well, how are you just going to get up and leave at five? But early, early on, we were like 20, he was probably 21, 22. This man set the standard and held his boundary of leaving work by five. And now I admire the hell out of that. Back then, it pissed me off. But now I'm like, that, that's what's up. Because he, he recognized, at least back then, he recognized the impact of overworking. So if you are really big in the mental wheel, you might want to cut back on all the work. And another way you can heal in the mental wheels, cut back on screen time. When you're looking at a screen, you're not relaxing generally. Something's going on mentally. So cut back on screen time. Instead of watching that show, go outside. Instead of going on, you know, the social media, pick up a book. Play with your kids. Do a puzzle. Cut back on the screen time, and that absolutely promotes healing in the mental wheel. All right, so how do we promote fitness in the mental wheel? Well, I've already listed a couple things. And by the way, there's sometimes overlap, right? What, what, what creates healing and fitness, what creates health and fitness, sometimes are the same, right? So creating fitness in your mental wheel looks like reading. Read more. Read things that stimulate you. Or listen to audiobooks. That really helps as well. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Also, another way to increase your mental wheel is learn a new language. And especially as we are as, as adults, like learning a new language, that really, really gets that mental wheel going. My coach right now, he's learning Spanish, and it's just fascinating to see him learning Spanish and really doing well. And he's using the Duolingo app, du Duolingo, I think is what it's called. So that's another tool you can use to help really increase that mental muscle. Also, learn an instrument. Man, that has been huge for me. I like to, to strum on a ukulele. I bought that, I don't know, 10 years ago. And man, I wish <laughs> I wish I had been as consistent as I intended to be because boy, 10 years, I'd be, I'd be crushing it now. But you know, I, I, still, I still get my strum on. And uh, for those folks who did the Trust Challenge last year, you heard me play a song to Sarah. That was on there. So Get, get an instrument and just start learning an instrument. That increases that mental wheel. Another way that you can really gain some fitness and mental wheel is actually by unplugging, right? So I mentioned that earlier for healing. Unplugging, getting away from screens, all that stuff helps to heal and then also can really help ramp up your mental wheel because when you unplug, right, you open yourself up for your own insights and your own ideas and your own downloads to come through. Right, So for me, for example, if I'm stuck and I can't come up with a concept for an episode to talk about, I could either scour online and look at what other podcasters are talking about and read other blog articles, or I can unplug and go outside for a few minutes. 
And every single time I choose the ladder and I unplug and go outside, boom, an idea comes to me. Because my own channels open up. It's not cluttered with everybody else's stuff. So unplug, and that can strengthen your mental wheel. If you've purchased a course, maybe you bought the Having It All Blueprint, jump into the course and work on that. That's another way to strengthen your mental wheel. So pick something up. Like learn something new. Maybe you want to learn how to code. Maybe you want to learn, like I mentioned before, maybe you want to learn a language. Or maybe you just want to learn a new subject. Whatever it is, pick something up and learn. Lastly, a really great mental habit is getting enough sleep. We so overlook the power of sleep and the importance of sleep. And it's different for everybody. I really do believe it's different for everybody. I don't necessarily think that everybody needs the same eight hours. I think the quality of sleep is super important, as well as when you sleep and how you sleep. I think all of those things can really impact whether or not the hours you're getting are hours that are replenishing. But the point is, sleep is important. So figure out what works for you. Figure out what your sweet spot is. Figure out what your number is. Figure out what time frame, like when going to bed is best for you. And do what you need to do to get the best sleep. And that absolutely will help strengthen your mental wheel. All right, let's move on to emotional now. This is a big one. You know, your emotional wheel and your physical wheel are connected. Those are the back two wheels on your body vehicle. And they're connected like that axle that can connect those wheels. And so when emotional is up, a lot of times physical can be up. When physical is down, a lot of times emotional is down. One way that you can test this is if you go outside and exercise, nine times out of 10, how do you feel afterwards? You might feel physically tired, but emotionally you feel great. You feel, you know, you get those, those endorphins running. You feel, you feel great about yourself. There's even a word for it. It's called a runner's high. So if your emotional, you know, your emotional well-being, like that's how you're feeling about yourself, how you're feeling about your other people, how you're feeling about life, possibilities, hope. It's just, you know, those overall emotions. And ways that you can heal your emotional wheel include working with somebody, right? Work with a professional, work with a coach, connect with a counselor, get with a therapist. Now, those are not all the same thing, but each one of them can help you heal emotionally from whatever that you haven't been able to heal from. That's what I did. I work with somebody. And that's what I do as a balanced lifestyle coach. I work with folks. So much of the work that we do connects to emotional healing. It always does. Another way that you can heal emotionally is by taking some responsibility for your life. Taking full ownership over your life, over the decisions that you've made, and over the consequences of those decisions, whether or not you like the consequence or not. As soon as you start really taking full ownership over your life, what happens is you, you take your power back. It's no longer the other person that did it. It's no longer you playing victim to whatever it is you might be playing victim to. And as soon as you regain that power and claim it by saying, you know what, I co-created this and I can choose how I want to respond to this. As soon as that happens, healing happens every time. That is a powerful way to heal emotionally. Another way to heal emotionally is by speaking your mind, speaking your truth, being authentic, being honest, being courageous. So much 
you know, so much of the reason why healing is needed is because you don't speak up because you aren't being true to yourself because you aren't being authentic because you're withholding from people. That creates so much. Remember, everything is energy. That's another principle I talk about. Everything is energy. So if there's something that needs to come out and it isn't, and now it's turning into judgment, it's turning into shame, it's turning into whatever, that energy is just staying within you. And guess what it's doing? It's messing you up. So one way to heal emotionally is to get those things out. Speak them. What needs to be said? How do you need to express yourself? In what way does your truth need to come out? Sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes you're just speaking it to yourself. Like I know for me, some of my emotional healing happened when I would just speak out loud in my car by myself the things that I was afraid of or the things I was frustrated at. I would just say them out loud. And that created healing for me because it finally got out. It finally got out of my body, out of my mind. And then... You can write some stuff down. That's another way you can heal emotionally, right? Speak your mind by writing it on in a journal, writing it on a piece of paper. And then if you feel called to it, speak your mind by actually saying that thing that you need to say to another person, right? I've, I've experienced that. I've experienced a lot of healing by sitting down and having some very honest conversations with Sarah, conversations I was terrified to have. Because in my mind, I created all these scenarios. This is what's going to happen when I share this. And of course, it never happens the way that we believe it will. And what did happen was a lot of healing. So speaking your mind and speaking your truth and really being your authentic self, that is a huge way to create some emotional healing. What happens as a result is the next form of healing, and that's really building your self-esteem, building your self-worth, building your self-confidence. You can do that by affirmations. You can do that by holding standards, setting a standard in your life and holding your standard. That right there is connected directly with your self-worth. You can build your self-esteem and confidence by, by really addressing that negative self-talk. If you're just constantly bashing yourself, as you, as you start to address that and turn those disempowering internal conversations to more loving and powerful ones, healing will occur. And the last healing uh, habit that I'll share with you is really about looking at relationships because so much of the emotional hurt that we experience has to do with the relationship with another person. So if you've burnt bridges with somebody, if you've you know, been a part of, of ending a relationship and it just doesn't sit well with you, if you're holding a grudge against somebody right now, giving someone the silent treatment, as you work on repairing those relationships and rebuilding those bridges, you'll experience healing. And part of that connects with something I said earlier, which is taking full responsibility of your life. Because you might be blaming another person. And that is a just M-effer of a downward cycle. When you are experiencing emotional hurts because of what you say somebody else did to you, and in your mind, you've convinced yourself the only way for you to heal is for the other person to apologize or make amends. That right there is a recipe for disaster. And so, as you take full responsibility for yourself and your life and your decisions and how you respond, then you can choose to pursue a path of healing with that individual, pursue a path of repairing that relationship, or maybe pursue a path of just saying what you feel needs to be said 
that can create some emotional healing. So on the fitness side, now we've gotten the healing done. How do we crank it up and how do we take it to the next level? One of the habits that I do is breathing, deep breathing. I have sharpened that tool in my toolbox to, to breathe and calm myself down. So 10 deep breaths. When I'm feeling stressed or when I got a big decision to make, I could put a little bit of space in between. I'll take 10 deep breaths. And that calms me. It centers me. It gets me back into my power. And then from there, that's how I like to move and act and decide when I'm in my power. So 10 deep breaths is a really awesome tool to help just pour into that emotional wheel in a healthy way. Another way to strengthen that emotional wheel and, and, and inflate it up a little bit is just connecting in relationships. So reach out to a loved one. Write them a letter. Send them a text. Give them a call. Shoot them a DM on Instagram. Whatever it is, just reach out to a loved one. Those relationships are so connected with our emotions and how we feel. And when you feel like you've got relationships that are, that are moving in the direction you want them to move in, that are really working and thriving, then you feel healthy emotionally. Another way you can increase the health and the fitness of your emotional wheel is affirmations. Affirm yourself, right? Like I did an episode a while ago about being your own hype man. And yeah, guess what? You got to be your own hype man and your own hype woman. Hype yourself up. Talk about how awesome you are. You know, and a great way to do that is to look at yourself in the mirror and speak as to how awesome you are. It's one of the things that I do. I have it on my balance chart affirmations in the mirror. Another way to be more emotionally fit, <clears throat> writing down your intentions. What do you want to experience at the beginning of each day? Write those intentions down. How do you want to be? How do you want to show up? How do you want to address life? Write that down. Get clear on it. And as you do that, you'll find that, you know, when, when adversity hits you throughout the day, you're better equipped to handle it because you wrote down early on, I want to be peaceful today. Or I want to be strong today. Or I want to stay focused today. Whatever it is, when you write those intentions down, it really helps you to hone in and be clear as to how you want to show up. And what happens is like your emotions get in check. Right? You said you wanted to be strong today. Okay, cool. So when something comes across your, you know, your life that day that is going to try to pull your strength and your emotions want to go that direction, you're like, no, 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 no. I said I wanted to be strong today. I'm going to remind myself of that. Okay. If I were strong, how would I show up in this situation? That's connected with having a word for the year because your word can really help you in that area to stay focused and powerful and, and really intentional with how you want to be. One of the emotional deposits that I totally love that helps me every single time is spending quality time with my spouse. So with your, your significant other of whatever type or just somebody that you really love, spend some quality time. Those can be huge deposits in both your emotional tank and their emotional tank. And similarly, if you have kids, play with them. Spend time with the, with the younger ones, right? Like that is just one of the purest forms of deposits, you know? If you don't, like before I had kids, I volunteered. I coached soccer. I coached youth soccer. It was amazing. It was so much fun. I got so much out of being around those kids. This was years before Sarah and I even started talking about starting our own family. But I just recognized like being around that youthful energy, like it just always, my emotions always picked up. 
Last little uh, tip I'll give you guys for the emotional deposit is writing down things you're grateful for. Gratitude is a game changer. Gratitude is an ultimate game changer. So at the beginning of the day, reflect on what you're grateful for. At the end of the day, reflect on what you're grateful for and watch as your emotions improve. All right, we got two more. We got social and spiritual left. So social, this wheel is all about your interactions with other people. This wheel is how you interact with the world when you step outside your four walls, right? It could be how you interact with friends or peers or coworkers or strangers, people you meet at the store or whatever. This is just about you and the rest of the world. And so a lot of times when you're socially overinflated, you're that social butterfly and you're bouncing around and you're like the life of the party, sometimes that can be false. Sometimes that can be totally inauthentic. You know, I've known folks where that was a whole front. All of that stuff was a, was a gimmick because what's really going on inside is they're scared and they don't want anybody to know they're scared. They don't want anybody to know that they feel small. So they put on this big persona, right? On the flip side of that, you can have a very underinflated social wheel. You might just call yourself quote unquote introvert and say, oh, I'm just introverted. But in reality, there's just so much judgment. There's so much comparison. There's so much whatever going on that any form of interacting with other people feels very scary or creates some, some anxiousness within you. I get it. I've experienced some of that myself. We want to get you to that place where you got that nicely filled up tire with that smooth ride. So ways to heal socially, again, like I said with the emotional, talk to somebody, connect with somebody who can give you higher perspective, who can give you different ways to deal and cope with things. So work with a coach, work with a counselor, go see a therapist, whatever you got to do, get with a professional who can help in the healing of this area. Another way to heal socially is really addressing those social anxieties. Maybe you feel like you can address those by yourself. Awesome. Go for it. You know, come out of whatever denial that you're in. Work on what you're avoiding, the confrontation you're avoiding. Work on the judgment that you have that you're comparing yourself so, so strongly to other people that there's so much judgment. That's a lot of what I experienced. Just so much judgment when I would get around others. Meaning I would judge myself. I would compare myself to them and then judge myself for not being enough. Not being handsome enough, not being big enough, not being black enough, not being manly enough, not being tall enough, not being strong enough, not being whatever, not being funny enough, outgoing enough. It's just so much shit like that. And so addressing those things, you can absolutely take steps to address those things on your own. Start doing that and you're going to start seeing some healing. So how do you get fit, more fit in your social wheel? Well, one, reach out to people. Pick a friend you haven't connected with in a while. Reach out to them. Invite them to lunch. Go and connect with another person. Another way is you can start a conversation with a stranger. That's a great one. Oh, man, I have such a powerful member in my, my COI, my personal accountability group. And she just constantly every week has a goal around connecting with strangers. And it's been absolutely incredible to watch her blossom socially. She went from having an underinflated wheel to a more properly inflated wheel because she's been connecting with strangers. Just eye contact at first and then talking to them. So 
Start a conversation with a stranger. Go to the grocery store. Be intentional about like, all right, I want to have a two-minute conversation with this person. And just go. I guarantee you that's going to – that'll probably create some healing too. If, that, if that's making you feel anxious right now, then that might be a great habit for you. Or you can start small and just compliment the next person that is at the checkout counter wherever you go. If they're at Starbucks, compliment them on something. Grocery store, compliment them on something. Bank, compliment them on something. It's a great way to connect with another person socially and really make that deposit into your tank. Another social habit that I really love and recommend is attending local meetup groups. So pick something that you are interested in, a hobby, something you're passionate about, or something you're just curious about, and go to meetup.com and see what events are happening around you in that area. There's almost always a local meetup in an area that you're interested in that's happening within a few miles from you. Almost always. You can go to meetup.com, you can go to eventbrite.com, or you can go to Facebook and just search Facebook groups around the topic that you're interested in, right? So like I'm into uh, going to Dragon Con every year. It's a comic book convention. So I could go on Facebook and be like, Atlanta, Georgia, comic book loving dads. <laughs> I guarantee you there's a group around there for dads who dig Spider-Man and stuff and just want to hang out. Like, okay, if I want to go join them, I could join them. That's a great way to make a deposit into your social wheel. It's really, really awesome. And a lot of times it's totally free. You don't got to pay anything. You just show up. A couple other ideas is to have lunch with a coworker you don't know very well. Great way to connect with somebody, rep that social wheel, make that deposit. Organize a potluck with some people that you want to get to know more intimately. Invite them over to have them all bring a dish. I do that every single week in my COI. It's a potluck. These are folks that I, I do know intimately, but man, let me tell you, that social deposit is beautiful and it's going down tonight. So after uh, later on this evening, I'm going to be cooking up a meal and going to one of the members' homes and we're just going to connect and it's such a big social deposit. You can also volunteer. Pick something that you want to volunteer in and go do it. Like I mentioned, I volunteered and did soccer. I volunteered last year and helped out at a local uh, community garden. Just go pick something and volunteer, and it's going to be such a huge social deposit. All right, last one, spiritual. This one's great because a lot of times we think spiritual is just religion, and it's not, right? Your, your, your spirituality is different than your religion. So I did an episode a while ago where I broke down faith, spirituality, and religion. And I'll talk about them real quick right now. So you know, faith is really that belief in something greater than yourself. And that can be anything. Like, do you have belief in something you can't see? Something bigger. That's a lot of times has to do with faith. And faith requires trusting. Faith requires surrendering. Religion, this is a group of people that come together who have a similar belief system. Right? So the different religions, the people who come together and practice different religions... They believe in a certain thing. They want to practice it in a certain way. They have certain traditions. That is what religion is. And then spirituality, that's more your own walk, right? The, the, the path that you choose to walk with whoever your creator, whoever your higher power is. That's, that's spirituality. That's, that's your own unique personal thing. So you can definitely be a person who is religious and spiritual, Right? You can have all three of those, faith, religion, spirituality. 
They aren't the same thing, and one doesn't negate the other. So when I'm talking about the spiritual wheel, I'm kind of talking about that entire wheel itself. You know, spiritual really being your relationship with life, with your, your higher power, with whatever that you call it. And so one way to work on healing is address any sort of trauma you might have experienced in this area. Sometimes it happens from our upbringing. Sometimes it happens from things that we were taught or things that we saw, right? We experience something that just really doesn't jive with us. And so we build some, some blockages in that area. And so if you experienced something when you were younger in the spiritual realm, maybe it was, you know, again, connected to a religion or faith or whatever, you experience something and you're like, I never want to experience that again. You just throw up this, this wall now. So you're not interested in anything that has to do with anything, quote unquote, spiritual. And so what happens is that tire gets underinflated and you're rolling around with an underinflated spiritual tire. So you can, buy, you know, you can address it by looking at what happened in the past. You can also look at what beliefs might not be serving you. Maybe there's some beliefs that are just really not aligning with you. And so by, as you start addressing those, healing starts to happen. So now a couple of habits that can help you take the fitness of your spiritual will to the next level include prayer, meditation, right? Set a timer, pray for 15 minutes, meditate for 15 minutes, right? That's all about that connection with source. Pray at the beginning of the day. When you wake up, that's a great time to express gratitude. Meditate at the beginning of the day. It's a great time to meditate, to get into that, that, that aligned space. Express those gratitudes. Another way to connect spiritually is moving your sexual energy. I personally am a big believer in the connection of that sexual energy and that spiritual energy. And so moving that energy, however you choose to do that, is a powerful way to really increase the fitness of that wheel. You can also increase the fitness by just spending time in nature, right? Being outside getting away from all the man-made stuff and just getting out into nature. That can be a really great way to increase that, that spiritual fitness. Reading from a, a spiritual text, you know, pick up whatever spiritual te text resonates with you and just spend some time reading, spend some time connecting. That's a great way to just really rep that wheel. Yoga, another way, it's a lot of people have a spiritual experience with yoga. So practice yoga and really get into the practice. Be very present. Get deep into it. Dancing. That's another one people don't always think of. But boy, you get, you get really present with dance and that, that, that movement. I mean, there's, there could be a, a great spiritual experience just from that itself. So those are all ways that you can increase the fitness of your spiritual wheel. And that, my friends, concludes how you can address the health and fitness of all five wheels. I appreciate you hanging with me for that, uh, for this little chunk of the conversation because it was long. But, you know, again, I really wanted to give you very specific ways for you to address the health and fitness of your physical, social, mental, emotional, spiritual wheel. And so now... You've got this tool, the body vehicle, and 
you know how to use it. And the name of the game here is being proactive, taking initiative. You have to actually do something. It's not enough to just know that, oh, okay, you know, my health is actually comprised of these five areas. It's not enough to just know that. If you want to take it to the next level and experience the healing that you desire and create the level of fitness you desire, you have to actually do something with this knowledge that you have. Because a lot of times knowledge by itself doesn't really mean anything. You have to apply it. And so that's why I listed out so many different habits. Each one of those things, like in each one of those five areas, something I said you can do, guaranteed. Therefore, if one of your wheels is underinflated, you now know what you can do to inflate it. If one of your wheels is overinflated, you now know how to address that. If you are running on a car that has missing wheels entirely, guess what? You know what you can do to start putting wheels on that vehicle. Then ultimately, with what I just shared with you, you've got enough information to start getting that body vehicle of yours in balance. Because again, this is one of the ways that I think about balance, balance between my five wheels. It doesn't mean that all five wheels are even all of the time. That's not the point. The point is, as soon as one starts to get over or under inflated, you address it. So it's this game of actually counterbalancing. It's like, okay, all my wheels are riding like an 8 out of 10. Oh, oh, that one's getting down to a 6. Okay, let me go address that one over here. Okay, cool. Now we're kind of back at an 8. Oh, 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 that one's getting up to be a 9. All right, great. Is that what I want? No, not really. Okay, let's, let's bring it back down. Whatever it is for you, the idea is just to create and maintain some sort of balance in those wheels. So I'm excited for you because I now know you, you can take this information and really go and run with it. And uh, I'm just very grateful to, um, to Katie for putting this out there. And I think it's so beautiful that I was thinking about how we can, I can help you really sharpen one tool. And then boom, Katie, you drop in and you say, hey, can we dig into the balance, sorry, the uh, body vehicle a little bit more? So that's perfect. I promised you that I was going to share with everybody um, an opportunity to really put this into practice. And so if you want to take this to the next level and you're like, I love this body vehicle stuff and I want to really do something about it. I don't want to just allow this to be great information that I hear but never put into practice. Then connect with me for a balance chart call and we'll set you up with the best tool out there to address your body vehicle. And that's the balance chart. It's the absolute best tool to address your body vehicle. And what we'll do is we'll jump on a call together and I'll work with you to really customize your balance chart so that it addresses all your five wheels and we have the habits on there that work and support you. Because once you've got all those wheels being addressed and you're rocking and rolling with your balance chart, what really happens is you can create a life of health, balance, and magic. And that's what I know you're playing for. So connect with me. We can do a single balance chart call and get you really rocking and rolling so that your body vehicle is just tuned up and you can have that smooth, peaceful, enjoyable experience of life. So hit me up, my email, matthew at matthewbivens.com. Again, that's matthew at matthewbivens.com. Let me know that, that you want to address your body vehicle 
and I'll set up a one-on-one call and we'll have some fun. And uh, let me tell you, this is, again, the tool that I use the most. The body vehicle was the first thing I picked up that I really, really sharpened very, very well and, and continue to use it today. And the balance chart is what I've been using for so many years to help me address my body vehicle. And so when we put you on the balance chart, I'll actually have you watch me so that you can see the habits that I'm doing all the time and you can see how I'm addressing my body vehicle. So you know me. I'm not just about talk. I'm about walking it. And if you're if you're about walking it as well, then let's connect and uh, we'll get you going. So again, Matthew at MatthewBimmons.com. And that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on this episode. This was a lot of fun. If this is your first time, again, welcome. And, you know, this was a little atypical. We went uh, about almost twice as long, honestly, than we normally go. Uh, But that's great because we had so much stuff to cover today. And I'm really, really happy that we did. So thank you, everybody, for joining me on today's episode of the podcast. My name is Matthew Bivens. Here's to you having it all. Quick note about the Having It All podcast. I am not a doctor nor a licensed therapist. I'm a guy with a story and a passion for conscious conversation. My thoughts, opinions, and beliefs are my own. So please consult with your doctor or healthcare provider regarding any questions or issues you have related to your personal, physical, or mental health. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved. Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.